Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to a miraculous special episode since last week uh, Alex determined was so special because we have all three hosts. We have all three hosts for two weeks in a row. Wow. Yeah, I don't even know. This is this is kind of creepy, is what it is. <laughs> and I, I, that was the first thing in my thought. My, my mind was dun dun dun. Like, is that the right vibe? And then Hobbs said creepy, and I was like, well, apparently it was. <laughs> so yeah, so we we are back together. We're uh, into the swing of things. I don't know. It, we're heading towards consistency now. Two weeks is a. Two wait, wait, two weeks is a gathering, three is a felony. I don't know something <laughs> yeah. along that, those lines. Yeah, that's not the direction I thought you were going. I thought it was a, twice as a coincidence, three times as a pattern. Yeah, yeah. no, I was going with our our, our good old. You're going with text. Goblin Gathering instead. Yeah. So, but anyway, welcome everyone. Uh, <laughs> all three hosts have said hi now. Um, this is Hobbs Q. Pronouns he him. I can be found on Twitter and other places on the internet at HobbsQ. And yeah, we'll at least introduce ourselves and then do some announcements. Yeah, uh, I'm Alex, found on Twitter for now and not anywhere else for now. At mail underscore chronicler, my pronouns are he, him. Hey, I'm Taya. Um, Taya transcends on most social media and pronouns are she, her, or they, them. Uh, yeah, not covers it for me okay so uh we want to say thank you to the grinding coffee company so we're we're getting these thank yous in again we're doing a lot of cool stuff it's just awesome and also we want to recognize that we are not going to have an opening question today because we have spent time getting everybody's mics kind of calibrated we all have the same microphone now taya has got a brand new microphone we think we figured out how Alex's was blowing the speakers off everything recently. Yeah. It's wild. Sorry about my audio lately. It's yeah, we figured it out. We think and hope we'll see how this episode turns out, but it should be, it should be fixed now. My end. So, yeah. So, I mean, we, we all got kind of the same microphone thing to try to level us out a little bit better. Uh, and, and we want to thank hipsters because they were nice enough to send Taya out a, a microphone to match Alex's and I making things a lot easier for for me. And I don't know, Taya, you'll, you'll have to let me know what you think. I really like the thin profile microphone. Um, yeah, this is this is really sweet. Thanks a lot, hipsters, for providing this. I uh, look forward to making use of it, uh, recording with the crew. Yeah, the, the yeah. these ones. Yeah, I, I love the Elgatos. So really, really appreciate it. And and you know, all all of us having the same mic also makes it easy to troubleshoot things because <laughs> then you can Hobbs can tell me how to fix this or like try this. Hey, that happened to work because you already used the mic and kind of know how to work it. So it's. I literally last week nice. was trying to figure out how to come over to your house and figure out <laughs> how your mic with no changes that we were aware of all of a sudden started being louder than anybody's. Yeah. Which is very not in line with you. No. So we we determined it's because microphones have firmware. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it seems like everything has firmware. <laughs> my, my headphones, that, my headphones that wouldn't updates. work. Yeah, my headphones that wouldn't work with a three and a half jack without firmware updates. Yeah. So anyway... What we do want to talk about today is kind of the evolution of quote-unquote playtest cards. So we want to be very clear when we're talking about this. We're not talking about another name for proxies, which is a name that people do use playtest with. Um, we are talking kind of. We're, we're mostly talking about playtest cards that are meant to be modeled after what Wizards has done internally for years. Uh, this has happened with... The first time that we have of it happening was Gavin's mystery events. So the mystery booster, the convention edition, one of the best ways that I think they've ever had great secrecy, you know, like Gavin walking into an event with a briefcase in hand under lock and key to pull out these cards were, were actually ones that had art on them that people from within wizards drew like little arts from. And, you know, it was like things like form of the mole drifter, like ways that you could just get like every creature you played was a mole drifter. Um, but they were designed to look like wizards where it's basically a, it's a printed out copy that gets like glued to a, um, gets glued onto a magic card. And it's what they use for internal testing. Now 
since doing the Mystery Booster Convention Edition, Gavin, starting in Philly, has been running his charity events called Gavin's Unknown Events. So if people haven't, this was I finally got to play one. I think we talked about this on the last episode. Taya, you played at the one in Minneapolis? Yep. That's right. Okay. And I got to play at the one in Vegas finally. Alex has not gotten to play in one. I have not. So, but we want to talk about these because these have been like a huge hit. Yeah. I mean, these these events are literally selling out at 600 people within like a magic event. Like, you know, these are side events that are getting capped at 600 people and selling out two days in a row. Mm -hmm. So these are hugely popular. Um, we talked a little bit about them last time, but we want to talk about like what these cards are kind of what they represent from a design perspective. Uh, Alex is going to take us on a little bit of a history <laughs> lesson. I think. Yes. I'm, um, I'm super fascinated. I won't go into details now kind of as we go through the episode, but I'm super fascinated by kind of, how in a way this this kind of carries the torch from some other things that magic has done over the years. Well, let's, let's make let's, some let's, interesting connections as we go. Let's start right there. Okay. Like let's talk about kind of this as your as your you know we so we kind of I kind of envision these as being a growth out of the unworld. Yes, and I, I think that's a very I, I think that's true. I, I because there's a few a few things to kind of talk about with with Silver Border, and I don't want to. And and even calling it Silver Border isn't accurate anymore because the most recent one had the was it the Acorn stamp? Acorn now, yeah. And, I still think that was a terrible idea. Uh, yeah. No Silver Borders. And I think the I, I, <sighs> I think that's sort of emblematic of the whole issue with them. Is they're a cool in concept. I think they can be a lot of fun to play, but they are bad as a product <laughs> by and large. The unsets specifically. And so this feels like to me, it's still feel it's filling a lot of that niche without being a bad product they have to put on the shelf. Like this is a thing that's a and it's an event that's happening at these conventions. And like we've talked about in our last episode where we kind of talk about this version of conventions now. It makes these exciting to go to because you get to play in this weird event. It makes so it makes the convention more of a convention. It makes these cards kind of feel fill in that niche a little more, and it's a lot more limited. They don't have to print thousands and thousands and thousands of cards and put them on a shelf and have them not sell. You fill six hundred slots two days in a row, and that's all they got to do four times a year. It's on the on the scale of that, it's way smaller than even the smallest unsets that they've printed. And it's even in his name, like the name of the event is Unknown Event. I think that was an intentional callback to the unsets. Yeah, I, I, I so completely... that's a natural connection, and I think that's perfect. I think it is. Um, I am also on board with the the acorn and having some of these be legal or not, especially when some of these mechanics have been very the ones that got the acorn. To me, like we had stuff that popped into Legacy with the attractions, right, and yes. the third cards. Like it's just. It, it doesn't. It, it never felt. I didn't understand why we needed to, because yeah. the cards that we would want to play. I think. I, I think of this as being like a commander player, like the cards we would want to play were not those. No, <laughs> yeah. they were still cards like Vorthos, which had an acorn on them. Yep. Right. So right. we can't play it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, right? it still needs to rule zero it to play it. Yeah. Yeah. So we took away our best indicator of just silver borders. Yes. Yeah. To make I, it easy. I think that was their attempt to make it a marketable product. Yes. And they failed. And they failed. They did. Yeah. Yeah. They I mean, and that's where, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of good things that have come out of this. Like that was the whole point of the, the full art lands. So not even I was going to say, yeah, we got yeah. full art lands. But full art lands came out of that, which turned into the extended art on cards. Like that whole practice yeah. came out of, you know, putting something useful in an unstable was the first set where we got the borderless yeah. card. We got the borderless lands. Yeah. They played with the, the card borders on lands in the unsets when, when they weren't really doing that anywhere else. In, in an contained environment. Un, I played some very fun. Like we, we played an uncube here in Minneapolis. I remember one year mm -hmm. um, that Eric Peters had ESP uh, MTG Um did you, did you get to – you were in that draft, I right, Alex? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, like, they play – you could make for some fun uh, yeah. play environments with – it contained, though. Yes. Well, like, and, and, what, and I'm, I, uh, let's go to 
this tab where I have some unglued cards. So I want to talk about unglued itself, the very first. Unless I'm cutting you off, Taya. If you had something else to say, and then I can transition. I was just going to say, and I don't want this to sound like I'm poo-pooing on products because I actually love on products. I just, I'd say commercially, they're a hard sell. Yeah. And, and, but there, there's some, there's some interesting things with it where you obviously you have, you have weird things. Like I'm going to talk about on all the unsets have this to a certain degree, though the later ones have tried to make it a little more playable on a whole. Like um, you'll look at it was unglued unhinged. What was the third one? Unstable. Unstable. The one with contraptions like that set felt the most like a real magic set to me. Yeah. Because I, I think they were really trying to say, let's take mechanics we can't put in Black Border right now. We can't put in the normal game because it doesn't quite fit with the rules. But they're actual cohesive mechanics. You go to Unglued, and there's a few cards like that. I'll get to one of my favorites that is actually 100% printed as a real magic card later. And it's probably not the one you're thinking of. Ooh. I want to start with... Oh, um, now I'm confused. Oh, man. Yeah. I already, th- I already you, had one in mind. So. You have something like Chaos Confetti, which is a reference to a, like... Urban Legend. M- urban Legend. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say myth, but Urban Legend is better. But, like, you're literally tearing the card into pieces. Like, they can't make real magic cards that do that. Not really. Yeah. It's just... And so that is perfect silver border territory. Like yeah. That's the thing they can't put. But that also makes it a weird hard sell. But now you have possibly possibly my favorite simply because it actually works and on a mel level this is like the flavor of this weirdly is really good the ultimate nightmare of wizards of the coast customer service are you familiar mm-hmm. with this card Hobbs? i am but it has been okay. a long time so this card is xyz red red yes the God. ultimate nightmare of wizards of the coast customer service deals x damage to each of y target creatures and z target players it has a blue border, which makes is part perfect of it. To me. Makes perfect sense. This is Comet Storm. Oh, wow. You're right. This it is, is exactly not the- Comet Storm, except this is a sorcery. Comet Storm is an instant. Yes. And you are right. You managed to not choose the one that I was thinking of. You're thinking she stands alone. That's the She stands alone became, became, became Baron Glory. Baron Glory, um, which we talked about on the show yes. like four years ago when we did an Unsets episode. Yep. Um, I also love, again, Mel- weird Melthos sort of thing. The the flavor text on the ultimate nightmare of Wizards of the Coast customer service is the old Wizards of the Coast customer service phone line and ours. And that yeah, was it. That was it. Um, so I think about stuff that's because I think we're, what you're kind of getting at is there's there's ways to use it as a testing ground. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, and what's funny to me is we had this whole weird acorn thing and we've even had some of the cards reprinted from old ones that they still haven't like, um, th- th- like there was ones that were reprinted, but there, we still have a ton that actually now work because wizards has changed what they do, but they still haven't been made, uh, playable. So goblin bookie, the only reason that it was silver bordered was because it reflipped any co- coin or re-rolled any die. Yes. Right. And magic didn't have die rolls. Mm-hmm. But yep. they do now. We yep. have die rolls specifically yep. because of the D and D sets. Yep. Um, and now, though, Goblin Bookie is still not a playable card. Technically, right. it still is. And if you look at uh, the the playtest card, Graveyard Dig, that card is just cleave. It is uh, <laughs> return up to two target black or green creatures from your graveyard to your hand. You may cast cast this card for two. Golgari, Golgari, if you do ignore the bracketed text, it takes off the black green. It is just cleave. Yes. Yeah. And I think, Uh, Alex, when you were talking about unstable, we got the mutate mechanic. Yes. With Uh, with kind of how they had the card set up. Sort, sort of. of. Yeah. Sort yeah. of. Well, it's a big part of why I looked at Ikoria and I'm like, this is the most silver border, black border set I've ever seen. Because you had Mutate, that's the first set where you had ability counters, where you could get a trample counter on a creature and it would just have permanently have trample as long as that counter was on it. Um, there was another mechanic in, in Ikoria too, where it was like, this is just a silver border set that they found a way to make legal. That's one of the reasons I loved Ikoria. It was a fun set. Um, but yeah, so like this is a, this is a role that unglued filled. But I mean, I w- I'm going to make the argument that in uh, some ways, sp- spiritually, is in the way like you would say like so this is a spiritual successor to that, um, or, or in a resonance sense, the playtest cards 
are sort of are I think are very directly uh, an inheritor of of sort of the silver border, the unset, the acorn stuff. I think that was a direct connection and done intentionally. But I think before the un stuff, that intentionally or maybe unintentionally goes back to a lot of early magic design in the first few sets. And to, to sort of bring this hinge, I want to bring up Spatula of the Ages from Unglued. Sacrifice Spatula of the Ages, put into play from your hand any card from an unglued supplement. This is something we don't do in Silver Border anymore, where you reference a specific set because cards are reprinted. And that makes all sorts of weird things. But that mm-hmm. is something they did in early magic design. City in a Bottle from Arabian Nights has been eroded. Where City in a Bottle, the original uh, wording of it, let's see if I can find the original wording. All cards from Arabian Nights must be discarded from play except for City in a Bottle. While it is in play, no further cards from Arabian Nights can be played. So you're you're destroying, uh, does it actually destroy the permanence? Uh, I doesn't it just I think the oracle text it does it destroys yes. yeah um yeah so here's the 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 oracle text the new text is whenever a non-token permanent originally printed in the arabian knights expansion other than city of the bottle is put into the uh, battlefield its controller sacrifices it so, players can't play cards originally printed um if you and i think like the full actual oracle text lists every single card in the set <laughs> because we have a organized complete rule set now that has to have this stuff like it just it can't just sort of all the rules don't exist on individual cards because that's how design worked for the first couple of years thereabouts first few expansions for sure where all of the rules there was a there was a, a handful of rules in the instruction booklet about starting at 20 life and uh, the phases you know of the turn and those sort of the, the structural things but then the rest of the rules were on the cards. How do you interact with the game? Read the card. And so there's a lot of cards from that time that just did their own thing that is wildly difficult or impossible to sort of jive with our current rules. And you have things like City of a Bottle that have had to sort of be retrofit in to make it fit with this. To creator. still be playable, right? So yeah, this, it playable. doesn't just completely have no functionality. And they still printed yeah. these all the way through Homelands. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. That's a good point because uh, Apocalypse Chime was yeah. was that the last one that was printed like that? As far as I know, that was the last one printed. Like <sighs> yeah, I can't think of any others because there was a few. There there were several. I think most sets had one. I want to say Antiquities had one. The Dark may not have, but some of it is the the different sets were designed by different teams. They weren't. In fact, the first handful of uh, Richard Garfield did Alpha. He did Arabian Nights. But then the next like six sets, I think, were not done internally they were done by external teams some of them came internally and were tinkered with but we don't get all that mark rose waters podcast covers all that do you know what's kind of hilarious that i did not realize until (laughs) i just happened to go look up because i want to talk about right you know like um ways that i think they made a reference to this was in the in unhinged they actually had the card uh, it was the promo card i know this because i played in a release event um is they made a release card ass whooping which you could destroy target silver bordered permanent so it had that same flair right like it was specific to that in any game you can see from your seat (laughs) i did not realize that this was oracle updated to include an acorn permanent oh (laughs) interesting actually is oracle because we did away with silver bordered but the acorn is supposed to denote those that's interesting so you actually have to have oracle wording yeah for a non-tournament legal card which yeah. is just fantastic to it's, me. Yeah, like, that's and, everything I love in my life. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so I, I want to talk about so a couple of other older designs, and I'm going to set aside the one that I mentioned to you guys at the beginning. I'm not going to. I will mention it by name. I'm not going to talk about Chains of Mephistopheles unless you guys want to. <laughs> what I would like to talk about, because you guys want to talk about these playtest cards, and that's really cool, and I want to do that. So to, to like speed up my little distraction, when I, necessarily distract him to speed up my little section here i want to go to a collection of cards that were in my favorite deck i played before i could really build my own decks that my dad made this was a green red sort of big bruiser monster deck but it also contained a bunch of ways to play with combat and some of these 
are things that are not so bad, but some of these are really, really wonky. So like false orders, a card that I have a beta copy of that I keep trying to find a home for, but honestly, it's, it's not that great of a card, but I love it where, uh, Let's see. The original ver- the original text is: You decide whether and how one defending creature blocks. Though you can't make a choice, the player or the defender couldn't legally make. Play after defender has chosen defense, but before damage is dealt. So again, that is not templated right for current modern Magic, but it tells you exactly how it works. All of the rules are in the text box. Um, so, like the the Oracle text is basically the same stuff, just cleaned up a little bit. Cast a spell only to. De- during declare blocker step, remove target creature defending player controls for combat creatures it was blocking that had become blocked by this creature become unblocked. You may choose to have it block an attacking creature of your choice. It kind of just breaks the steps down to make it a little more streamlined, but it still works. Um, the the it also the deck also had raging river, which I'm not even going to read the whole text of it, but basically just all of the all of the creatures on the ground have to be divided into left piles and right piles because the river cuts the battlefield in half. But any creature with flying can just fly over, so it doesn't matter. And that's what the, the rules tell you that. They have to retemplate things to make it work in the modern rules structure, but the text in the card just tells you, this is an enchantment, by the way, it's just always in play. Um, that was fun but then the the cards that i really really enjoyed and these do a similar thing so i'll just talk about them together um camouflage and illusionary mask so basically these just you turn all your you put all your creatures upside down and people don't know what they are until something interacts with them except that doesn't work in like modern day magic so they had to change actually uh, mark russell likes to talk about trying to fix illusionary mask is how they came up with morph because they're just like well what's an upside down creature and but so like in the new version of this card if you put your creature in upside down it is a 2-2 creature and then if the creature that spell becomes uh if it's a science damage or would deal damage, if it becomes tapped, if it's turned this whole thing, then it becomes flipped face up and you treat it like the, the creature that it is. But I loved playing with these cards that are really, really weird in today's sort of context. And in a lot of ways, I feel like these sort of wordy, goofy early cards that had a lot of flavor carry you know that's sort of been carried forward by a lot of the uncards by a lot of these playtest cards well what's funny is we actually got the you know if we want to go back to this acorn thing when it came into uh infinity we have space bellerin who creates sectors yeah he created <laughs> alpha beta and gamma sectors yeah i didn't even think about that that is literally raging river and yeah Except you have to, like, assign things to sectors, right? Like, the ones that are already there are, and the new ones get to be in sectors. But, yeah, it's funny, Alex, but every time you've mentioned Raging River, I keep thinking of that card. So, yeah, that's that's my nonsense about all that stuff. So, so you guys want to talk about some <laughs> play yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do, because um, I do think that we're kind of seeing a testing ground for potential mechanics and just exploration of cards that work with the magic rules that we're just kind of seeing what, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. You want me to give you some examples of that very directly from the uh, mystery booster playtest yeah. cards. Yeah. From the mystery was, cause that's where it started that we first kind yeah. of saw that. So there are several different dual land sort of uh variants so these are not these don't have the basic land types but there are several different lands that tap for two colors that have different variants so there's a there's a whole weird thing so the reason almost every land that makes two colors comes in place tap more than one color comes in place tapped is because they can't have a, a land card be strictly better than a basic Mm-hmm. So if this card came in untapped with no cost and it makes two mana, that makes it better than a basic in every circumstance. Basically, it, it, not every, but the vast majority of circumstances. There are a few times where basic matters, but 
So that's why, well, after the, the original dual lands out of Alpha that were exactly that, um, where they, they had the dual land types. Now, of course, with all the, the anti-color hosers and the, and the anti-color hate cards early on, it's, it's arguable that that may or may not have been as much of a benefit. But that's why so many of these cards come in tapped. It's a super easy, make it come in tapped, make you pay life, make you do something to make it untapped, or just it's, it's Yeah, some drawback, because it can't so, be that good. There are some of these that have sort of some of those drawbacks, but these are different variants of those. So the in particular, the two I'm looking at are Aggressive Craig and Noxious Bayou. Um, the one of which Bayou is a direct, in a way, is a direct reference to the dual land from Alpha. Mm-hmm. Um, so Noxious Bayou is tap, at a green or black, you get a poison counter. Comes in play untapped. You can tap it for two colors, but every time you tap it, you get closer to dying and way faster than just paying a life or losing, taking a damage. And and this is also similar to something that, you know, I think we're also going to see a lot of these are plays on things that have been discussed within the community, Mm -hmm. Um, especially of the first one. Um, this first set, but because there was a yeah. lot of discussion for years that they could just make to try to get almost around a reserve list thing would yep. be to make ice or to make snow duels. Snow, snow duels, yep. Or uh, aggressive Craig, I think, is a little more interesting from a design perspective. But there, you're right about there being definite references. There's another card on this list that I can talk about in a little bit. That's that. But aggressive Craig is taps for red or white at the beginning of your combat step. Tap card name, which means you tap this land. And that, I don't know that I've seen, and maybe it was a reference. Unlike Noxious Bayou, I've definitely seen that community talk about. But Aggressive Craig is an actual, I think, interesting design choice to try to create a new version of this. Because if you are forced to tap this land when your combat starts, you can't use it for surprise combat tricks. You can't hold it up for other people's turns. It limits when and how you can use this land, and therefore it can come in untapped. Um, uh, uh, you know, another one that's from that is uh, Barry's land. So that's why you you that's can't get deep. Was, about, yeah. was another way to get domain in, and it came specifically off of like a test. Uh, like card of adding like a sixth color in magic where before yeah. we had or or had waste as a way to add another add to domain yes but it's, which yes. so so do, domain is an ability where you get it, it scales based you, on how many basic land types you have yeah you get a benefit it used to not be keyworded right it was just like tribal flames when it initially was out was just this deals X damage based on the number of basic land types. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and wastes don't have a basic, they are a basic land, but don't have a basic land type. type so they yes. don't count the main. This Barry's is land waste, does. but came with a basic land type. Yes. Which and is that, cloud in this case. And, and <laughs> Barry's land was, was in specific, was a reference to Barry. Barry, I don't know his last name, was a uh, designer who kind of talked about that. Yeah, Paul Barkley, I think, is the person that they talk about. But like, I think it was like uh, Bill Bill Rose who had worked or proposed it mm-hmm. as basically as like a land that counts as a basic land type while it's in play. Um, yeah, and, and I I, I want to yeah. say like one of the big reasons that they didn't do that early on is because that would be strictly worse than a basic. There actually because was some issues. Colors? They the, at least on the wiki, and this is where. But I I remember this. There was like rules fuzziness to do with it okay. being a basic versus a non-basic. Okay. Um. Yeah. Because so like yeah. if it became, is it a non-basic land when it becomes a basic? Yeah. There was like stuff to do with basic versus non-basic. Okay. Because that that's where there there were when wastes were originally came out. Like that was part of the thing where it's like this taps are colorless. It is very. They are basic. They are not, however, a basic land type because for whatever reason that was fuzzy, it was still fuzzy. Yeah, and I do want to point out while we're talking about these, the Mystery Booster playtest cards, the art on these were all done by internal wizards people. They're all like sketch style art and they're they're some really cool ones. And a lot of them are super goofy and fun. Yeah. I mean, all I think a lot of them are really cool, but like Noxious Bayou is not super fun it's just a bayou that has the phyrexian symbol in it which is ominous yeah, but you some have of a, these are really well done too yes oh some well of, so i could because so, you could actually so so like uh bombardment was done by james arnold who did all the set symbols for magic mm-hmm. and actually yeah. is a magic 
artist. Yeah, so like yeah. bombardment was like they had to all do it in in that style. Like it yes. had to be like line style and be like but you, but black you can, and white. But there's a, there, a difference. There's a serious gap between some of these where like yeah. Barry's the land point. has a stick figure on it with a little label saying Barry and pointing towards the stick figure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Versus like bombardment is like a little goblin behind like a blown out kind of. Um, like uh building around it and you could tell that this is done by like an artist like there's a big difference okay i gotta read this because this is this is a great goblin card bombardment is sorcery for red until end of turn cards you own that aren't on the battlefield lose all card types costs names and abilities and become red sorceries named missile that cost red with missile deals two damage to any target. <laughs> any target. Yeah. So you literally just turn every card that isn't in play into something you throw at somebody uh-huh. yeah it's like rock beautiful and i never a- got to play with that card i'm kind of disappointed i played <laughs> a lot of mystery booster draft and i never got to play that card fun fact i'm actually getting that the little guy in there tattooed that is so yeah oh, perfect that is You'll, awesome that is cool hobbs i'm sorry i'm just i'm yes. stuck on this the idea it's so good hey the card is so good yeah. and it's fun but this is a perfect example of those of a card that may or may not work in the modern rules very well but it tells you what it does and it's easy enough to just go yeah okay i can do that and you just play it and it works where the the one right next to high troller is one that can be played within the rules no one in their right mind would play it but you know if all targeted spells and abilities cost two less and have their targets chosen randomly (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As like, I mean, we see the like the difference in the art right like, yeah we have a box blowing up yeah uh, yeah i mean and that's that's like how to keep an is it an is it mage busy <laughs> it's a it's a sorcery for a blue red hybrid banner that just says return to its owner's hand so you just keep casting the spell over and over again for triggers presumably yeah but it does nothing on its own and it I mean, says, can we make it arcane in the art? That's that's like, oh my god! And see, this is another goes again to the uh, why I love the time spiral block, but also why it's not great for people. Was I can't remember the name of it, but there was the future sight card that was an eight zero trample. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I have that in I have that in one of my deck, my Vorlock deck because it, it, I can salvage it. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a card like how to keep an Izzet busy, like imaginary friends, which is a arcane sorcery for what in a white that creates three zero zero white spirit tokens with flying they're cards that you just you can't play on its own it does nothing not the good kind of nothing like a null rod but it (laughs) does nothing on its own but it still fits in the rules and in the context of i'm putting this in my deck i know i can take advantage of it it works well but that's it's a goofy card design that obviously Time Spiral Block, uh, Future Sight, was in normal Black Border cards, but it's a thing they don't do very often because it's hard to pull that out of a booster pack and know what to do with it for most people. I, I yeah, I, I mean, I'm obviously biased, but they're the, the Seek Bolus's Council. I was just going to bring that one up. <laughs> I was like, how have you not reference. mentioned that one yet? Yeah, well, uh, so- so it's funny. So these these you know I I've, I've shown this off a few times. I don't talk a ton about it. So like the the, the art from these cards, like it, they're all wizards employees, like you were saying, Alex. So like they can't yeah. act. Oh, what? I think Taylor was saying that. Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, that. Yeah. sorry, Alex. I thought you said that. Sorry. Um, but they they for that reason they can't be sold. Um, so uh, with that they, they they can't sell the artwork because of being employees. But I was gifted the basically the only original art that exists for Seek Bolus's Council. That is so awesome. It's I all thumbnails. I didn't um, know that, it. but that's yeah, I'll, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll send it. But I'll, yeah, it's it's all thumbnails of it as they were sketching the determinant. But like the joke is like this is me, right? It's like supposed to be yeah. like the like the kid that's supposed to be like the similar to like the the the. Uh, the game like the the board game where you like you had the, the where you would like make call a dream date or something but it's yeah, like uh, you have yeah. the 80s phone oh. and the kid in bed calling bullets but the abilities are just so amazing it's a sorcery for for grixis that at random you can get an emblem that you have to pay grixis or you lose the game <laughs> <laughs> or each player discards her hand or planeswalk to the pool of becoming <laughs> 
once there, you could roll the plane or die, but only if you're playing plane chase. So if you weren't playing plane chase, you're just, you're just now stuck in the on the pool of becoming like Bolas. <laughs> just yeah. like Bolas. For each yeah. opponent, exile cards from the top of their library until you exile a non-land. You can cast it, destroy all creatures and non-Bolas planeswalkers, and then you get an emblem with you could cast non-land cards from your sideboard. It's just like. I wanted to build an Oathbreaker deck where the whole goal was to like find ways to force like hive mind and stuff to make my opponents cast it until they ended up with the emblem <laughs> that they couldn't pay. That's great. <laughs> also, I had to look this up. Um, so Seek Bolus's Council, like all of these, there's the joke that it it's supposed to be a sticker stuck on a real magic card. Right. Yeah, it's cruel ultimatum. It was, yeah, cruel ultimatum. Oh, yeah, yeah. So some of them you could definitely see what card it is below, but that's the one that's most clear. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, clear. it's just a C, like just just the first letter of it, but it's it's but a the clear. art is very very obvious on that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so we didn't manage to get there. So you know, like this was the first kind of way to to do it. But I, as you're saying, we're seeing like the wide range here between probably never going to see play but ways to experiment as you're saying alex with other ways to do lands that we yeah, could and some of those could fit into um Future magic design. i mean like one i just saw looking through this scaled destruct scaled destruction for white white uh, sorcery choose one or more destroy all small creatures destroy all medium creatures destroy all large creatures and then in parentheses it defines small creature has power for power Total power and toughness four or less. Medium is five to eight. Large is nine or more. This is very similar to board wipes we have, where you just those are based on casting costs usually, or just power or just toughness. Yeah, but like that's a card that's very similar to something we have. Multiple cards, frankly, that we we have in well, like austere command is the yeah, clearest austere, example. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the one I was I was had in my head. Yeah. So. From there, we now have basically the, the the mystery boosters were. I think. I mean, they were a huge hit. I mean, the, they got punished because they basically came out right before everything locked down. Yeah, like they came out. They came out two months before the pandemic, almost. Or yes. like right around there, and they were supposed to be like the big draw for the um, GP or the the Magic Fest uh, for two thousand. Yeah. For 2020, they were going to be like 2020. Yeah, every I mean, yeah. every event, they were going to be the thing, and they to the point where they actually made mystery boosters that you could get at home, but but they didn't have the playtest cards in them. Nope. They yes. had, then midway through the pandemic, stores got some. Yeah. Because people wanted to play yeah. this. Yeah, it was and fun. It, presumably, wizards had some stock they couldn't use at events. <laughs> so it was like, let's give it to store. I mean, which was cool. Like they, if I remember correctly, they just gave them to stores and just said, "Here, they did." Are- yeah, they gave them a print run uh, of them to the stores to try to get people back into the stores, uh, which was really, you know, pretty cool of uh, wizards to do. So now. You know where we where we're at now is now we have entered this this past year starting in Philly where Gavin has been doing these as part of charity events. So you usually get some packs associated with common like current sets. Um, each one has been slightly different. So I believe you know we can talk about this, but I think you know uh, Philadelphia is the first one that I remember. I didn't. I don't remember which cards were there. Minneapolis was the first one I really remember. Do you mind uh, just one real quick thing just before I forget? Oh, of course. As we're going on too, and they still fire mystery draft boosters at these conventions too. Yes, there are the scheduled events that have the special things for those events that are made specifically only for those that you're about to talk to talk about. But they also have mystery uh, booster drafts. I do have to say, though, don't do a mystery booster sealed event because these are the way they do the collation on the mystery boosters. There's two of each color in the packs and they're Mm. terrible sealed pools. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Really bad. It's really bad. sealed. I I was so excited to get to play them again after the pandemic that I I signed up. The, the only thing they had at the event I went to was sealed, and I played it, and I'm like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> I, I was thinking about doing a draft, but at Minneapolis, it just, uh, I had a, draft a lot of fun. Is, a draft is a lot of fun, but sealed yeah. is, is uh, the way the collation is done on Mystery Boosters is not a fun time. 
Yeah, and, and they, they sell, like, I bought a couple instead of doing a draft. Yeah, but. they've been doing them cool. for every one of the Magic Cons for the, they've been selling them as part of the, like, Magic Con in a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, and that too. So, so, so it, it, like, even if you can't make it to, or the, the Gavin events fill if you get to an event, or you can't make it to the events, there's ways to play with these mystery boosters still. Yeah. So, these are different, right? Like, so these so far have been only available at these events and they've been um tied to these now vegas was a little bit different we'll talk to that in a moment but they basically have been tied to events now there was overlap between barcelona and gen con um but like the each one has been kind of slightly different so i think that when you did minneapolis that was like plane chase commander right uh it wasn't commander for minneapolis it was march of the machine um and uh oh, it was like four packs of march of the machine and two packs of dominaria remastered or something like that okay but it was plain chase right yeah it was planes chase yeah okay and and, and it even was... the plane the planes were all custom planes too oh see yeah mm-hmm uh, and... and everybody in the event was on the same plane at the same time Oh, really? Yeah. So it was it was timed and then they had it up on the monitor which plane everybody was on and they were all really weird um various planes. Like at one point everybody was on Urborg on Dominaria and you could once during the game you could discard a card and pay 5 mana to make a Yargle. <laughs> <laughs> um so oh and if I remember, but, but it was it was multiplayer, right? It was not multiplayer at. Um, it was one v one. One v one at okay. Minneapolis. And I just remembered Philly was um the theme behind Philly was Mirren versus Phyrexian. Yeah. And there's even cards that theoretically are based on which faction won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, which faction won for the day? It, it depends. Yeah. yeah. The the each day had a special um card that uh the people who participated that day only got that card yeah and it was based on that like if you if if you you like if if the phyrexians won it had one ability if the mirans won it had another it was like almost like a callback to the you know like the new phyrexia um where they didn't tell us what the set name was until yeah it was either um like a weird and pure or whatever it was or or new phyrexia. phyrexia yeah yeah and they had the i just i didn't play then but i know that during the pre-release they had promos that were for one or the other and i know that because i have i got one of the mirrored and pure cards because it, it was um oh i can't think of it it's, it's just a mana rock that taps and gives you a life but it gives you a, a mana and a life but it, it's the only printed card. Oh, that has a pristine that. talisman. Pristine talisman. Yes, thank you. Yeah. The only card with a that expansion symbol printed on it was for that yes. pre-release. Yeah, and you get like yeah, I have like a box that was like a it was a reversible box on which side you wanted it to be on and stuff. That was that was some cool stuff. So these, so you did that for that one. Uh, Vegas was one v one commander, um, where they gave you you got double the amount of playtest cards because it encompassed all of the previous events plus new ones um so you played 1v1 commander with it because we had like commander legends um for some of our packs but then we had like eldraine and some of the new things and one of the things that stood out to me was for this event there were cards specifically meant to go with kind of the stuff that had been out kind of at that point so for instance, like there is, I, I'm like looking through mine, there's a Wrath of Oko, which all creatures lose all abilities and become green elk creatures with base power, toughness, 3-3. Three, three, all of them. And it literally has a reminder of this fact, effect lasts indefinitely, just like Oko, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so like there is like actual jokes and stuff still done in these, but like there's also a Force of Rowan, which is a red Force of Will, except it forks a spell. I need to get a copy of that card. So you could fork, yeah. So you could, you basically you get a you could copy any spell by doing the pay one life and exile a red card. But it is specifically related to kind of like Eldraine. So they yeah. have ones that are related to I mean, kind of what is going on right on then. Force of will. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it meant to be Rowan, right? But so like that they, one that one's one that can easily make a playable card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, completely. It's just a joke. That that's the reason it's in this. Yes. Yeah. And we see like that that range, right? Like Wrath of Oko is a fun take on a Wrath effect in blue, right, Alex? Like in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's a card that by the rules they might be able to print, but I don't know that they'd want to. No. No, no. It, has, it has the memory issue. It has color pie, maybe, but they don't have to worry about it. If it's a playtest card, it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, polymorph is solidly in blue. You, I mean, Exodron polymorphs the whole board. Yeah, but what, when was Turn the everything last time face down? That? And maybe I'm not thinking of one that was recent, but yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of single target polymorphs in blue, mass polymorph. You know, it's. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, like the doing that effect is still is pretty blue. That's that's true. But, but there's there's also ways to like it, it's fun because there's it, before or after there are ways that they, they did a bunch of mashup cards for Minneapolis, which was right when they had first mm-hmm. done those. Yeah, that uh, was that was because, yeah, that was that was the big theme in the Minneapolis ones was the mashup cards. So like I had uh, Gisa and Garalf and uh Hannah and Alana in my nice. <laughs> pool. Um, and I had to deal with Coma and Toski completed a lot, which is just a ridiculously busted card because, you know, Coma is already bad enough. But let me let me read how ridiculous this card is. Uh, this spell can't be countered. Uh, it's a 7-7. Seven, seven, um, let me see. Do they, do they have the mana cost on here? I think it was 7 mana. They don't have it on the TCG player. It doesn't look like At the beginning of each upkeep, create a 1-1 one, one Phyrexian Serpent Squirrel artifact creature named Toski's Coil with whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Sacrifice another Serpent or Squirrel. Choose one. Target creature attacks this turn as able. Its activated abilities can't be activated this turn. Common Toski completed gains indestructible until end of turn. So I, I laugh, but there also is <laughs> Emrakul and Chatterfang. Yes, that, that one, though, is a little hard to cast. That was 15 mana. No, it's 11. It's 11? Okay, so it it's was... It's 3 it, green at 8, but it's 15-15, flying trample... 15, that was the 15-15, yeah, okay. Flying so you... trample, forest walk, protection from non-squirrels because yeah, the joke has always been that like who would win what squirrels could kill them or cool yeah because yeah. no, no protection from them if you got they had flying and then when you cast emerald and shatterfang you also get 15 one ones right Green so was, if you can get squirrels. to 11 mana unlimited you deserve your apparently a 15 15 yeah, or 30 power on the board yeah yeah but like yeah i have toothy and zinder split so like when you win a coin flip, it basically has all the both abilities, but on one right. card. It's um, really cool. It is. The the fun one that they did make new that I played, which this it shows you, Alex, I think templating and how we're kind of seeing these tests of things. So I I played at the event that I was in, Riku and Riku, where Riku was paired with Riku. Yeah, I got a copy of that. <laughs> uh that was at the mini they had a Minneapolis event. Uh I have a copy of it. That's so it it. It, it for you are you copy target instant or sorcery spell activate this ability only once or yeah. green and blue you can copy a creature spell and activate it only once did not realize that the once meant not like once per spell or once per game or, or, or once so per you game. blink it <laughs> or but something like, okay it completely changes like maybe i just build a blink deck like but like there are these like just abilities that like you said like are, are my favorite was they they played with the um uh the names alex so th- to to make it where they could reprint because we've talked about this with names when it comes to unsets mm-hmm. right even within these they they did things like have spells that could be your commander like the the, the spells like rampant growth did but they had punctuation different differences in them oh wow okay yeah because that's that's a whole thing that even within um black even within the difference between a silver and a black or the the un and the un, non-un sets, they can't like share names <laughs> because that name is used forever. Yes, right. And so we've talked about that before. So they had like, I think it's like 
it's like rampant comic growth or something like that. Okay. There's ones that do it where they did it with spells in a way that you could like that spell was then like your commander. Okay. Or, I mean, I guess they, they kind of have that. I'm just still, I have the, the, the Scryfall page for the, the booster ones, but there was a waste space land. Yes. Which is a different card than yep. wasteland. Yep. Um, and like they, but they had like some p- full cool like plays off of like old cards that you know like I think so like they have instead of riding the Dilu horse, which is a fun card because it gives your creature plus two plus two and horsemanship. Again, it's a sorcery, but it's not till end of turn. It gives it horsemanship for the rest of the game, oh, okay. which is one of the weird like that. That's from um, Portal, Portal Three, Three Kingdoms, Kingdoms. Yep. and it, it it led to weird things because it it didn't. It didn't fall off basically the way that they normally would for a sorcery. So they made the Dilu horse instead of riding it. You actually get to be the horse, which it has horsemanship and it gives all your commanders horsemanship. <laughs> but okay. like they've, they have these fun things like they, they like it has the jokes you would expect from Un. like my deck is about a seven, uh, yeah. which is an instant <laughs> where you choose a number between six and eight. <laughs> so you get to choose yeah. and it deals that much damage uh, to a creature. Um, now they've also had ones related to the areas that they did. So like Minneapolis had welcome to Minneapolis, which is a Segovian card. Whenever an opponent casts a creature spell, you get a token of it, except it's a one, one. So you get a copy of whatever they cast, but it's a one, one, but it's a play on Minneapolis. They did a specific one called Gen confider of ages for Gen con. Um, so like there's ways to have like these jokes and stuff within there but once again i I, i'm wondering like i think of this the way that they're doing these and and like gluing them on and making them to look like they are like you're the internal play testers how much play testing are we doing yeah honestly yeah or especially if it's a a event that fires once or twice i'm curious how much balancing they're even trying for how much of it is just like fun designs and goofy jokes. I don't think they're trying for any balancing on these, <laughs> honestly. Uh, Where they just give their own, uh, give an honest try and then just, that's it, print it. I kind of want to know, right? Like, like, I, so like, I, I know that these are like a big part of this is like, this is definitely a project, right? Like this is something that I think, especially Gavin really loves doing, but I am wondering what the process kind of goes into making these because they are like people i've talked to had games that were fun right yeah like, oh, like, i i lost i lost all three of my games but they were fun i had a really good time you know or all three of my rounds i went i went to game three all three rounds i lost all three rounds still had a good time um lost to the common toski every time i saw played uh which it kept showing up <laughs> against me for a card that you know was rare, I kept seeing it, and it was <laughs> a real headache. Uh, but uh, you know, I got the pleasure to to lose to Chris Cluey, and then I, I lost to Sheevan. But so I had a that's that's pretty awesome, right there. Yeah, right? I had a, I had a good uh, good couple of matches. Um, like I just like I'm looking at the ones that I have in front of me and like there's funny like there's like this these ones you could tell were from when they did uh, Barcelona and they had the Lord of the Rings because there's a toe breaking helmet which is a reference to when Viggo Mortensen broke his toe kicking a helmet in the movie like it's still in there and you can see it when he does it um there is a one does not which is an enchantment that simply does not simply untap an enchanted creature has non-basic land walk. So you do not simply walk into Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> but you do have non-basic land walk over it. Yeah. Uh, so like there there is a lot of flavor here. And I think there what is. Kicked this these off designs me, are so I mean, they're so good from a flavor perspective in a lot of cases. I mean the the, the uh team up cards were like exactly what you would expect from the team ups of the characters. Yeah. Um, well, th- so like the, what kicked off me wanting, like proposing this as an episode was um, the, Tay and I are going to hopefully both we're still figuring out what the details are. But at the end of the month, there is a Mirren versus Phyrexian event that is for raising funds for um, 
uh, people in both Florida and Texas, well, organizations like grassroots organizations kind of fighting some of what's going on there, especially around trans legislation. And I got what was like the one card that I wanted. And thankfully, our good friend Chase opened it and they gave me their copy, which is slow bad, comma, actually just fine. Um, oh, God, I love that. <laughs> so it's, like, it's 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 awesome, right? Like, because like, we saw slow bad. He's basically like fused to Bosch um, and he's in the background of the story and he has a card, but that's it. And now it's over. So like as soon as I saw that card, I was like, oh, my God. This card is amazing just from a flavor perspective. So basically what happens is you could sacrifice creatures or artifacts anytime something says one or the other. You can you can use either interchangeably and then you can sacrifice those to put like a rebuilding counter on him. When he gets enough rebuilding counters, you can remove them and create Bosch. Like you get a token of Bosch. Yeah, nice. And like that's like... Like, I know I'm very biased here. Like, first of all, we're talking slow bad. <laughs> and then we're talking slow bad and Bosch getting to still be friends and not be corrupted. But mm-hmm. like, that's an incredible amount of flavor onto like a joke card in some ways. Yeah. That, that's a, that, it, a lot of work. It feels like there's a lot of work going into these things that are around for kind of one event. I mean, obviously these are physical cards that are printed and well, passed around like you're you're getting some, but still that's the thing right like you i think we're expanding in some ways what the definition of something like rule zero encompasses to make these you know like decisions that you know like i i i have i have gotten some that i have put into decks already um now every deck that i've put ones into i i have backup cards on hand for but like a lot of these are ones that, that you know like there is that question of like how much balance you can have. Like I kind of want to build Riku and Riku as a flicker deck to now know that like that, 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 that restriction that gets my mind going again. Right. Like even just the design of these have my mind like being a lot more creative and thoughtful about like wanting to play some of these cards. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, it's a very interesting thing. Like, right. Like, and like, so the other part is, you know, Taya, you were mentioning, before we got on, right? Like having to pull up these cards on like TCG, that's the thing right now. There, there's not a good place to even find them. No, and or trade them with like I've looked for some of them on like eBay and they're just not there's not out there. There and there's not it's hard to find like fair pricing for them too. Yeah. Yeah, like the pricing is all over the place. I mean, I've seen ones sell at $200, and I've seen other ones just nobody wants, right? You know? Right. It's like right now there's two copies of Chatterfang and Emrakul on TCG Player, and they're both for 400 bucks. Yeah. It's like, is that the real market price for them? Who knows? You know? Well, they're worth whatever someone's willing to pay for them. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and didn't I, if on that one, isn't there been some copies that have sold? Like there is like a price history? No, we're still gathering sales data. Yeah. Okay. I think some are getting like I've seen. So I will say what's kind of cool. Um, so kind of showing that uh, I'm getting ready to send out a copy. There is somebody on one of the Facebook groups that almost has a complete set of literally every single one. And they are scanning them into at least send a scryfall. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. Okay, so, yeah, that's good. So we people can find them out. And I mean, like, you know what? Like, it's the same thing as anything, I guess. Like, I, it's funny. I'm calling these playtest cards and said that I'm talking different than the proxies. But, like, you can at least eventually get to the point where you can read what they all do and test them out and play them. Um, yeah. They seem like they want to be played. Right? <laughs> like, I just... Yeah, yeah. just want to be played. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Um, and if you do want to see all of them right now the best place to do that is in gavin's videos he has released a video after each of the magic cons where he goes through each of the cards yeah yeah Mm. which it's cool and like that's cool the the fact that like for each event they've given out like a promo card the one from vegas that we actually got something weird in vegas they actually did something that was a little bit different being you know we have to go over the top they actually designed cards that morning in a panel that gavin did so gavin did a panel like create the un like create an unknown card and they created two cards one i think is kevin 
questing dragon, which is a red version of questing beast to make fun of keyword soup. So it's eight mana. Kevin can't be countered. Devour two, flying mountain walk, rampage two, Bushido two, trample over planeswalkers. Damage can't be prevented. Players can't gain life. Whatever Kevin deals damage to a player, gain control of target land they control. <laughs> God. It's an eight mana, eight, eight. Um, but there was also the, uh, uh, like a mox that when you cast like when you when you do use it it um taps down three of your opponent's lands that you can then use for mana that turn so it basically is a black lotus because it has splitter second nothing is faster than it Mm -hmm. but they designed those that morning him and the crew that work with him literally went and printed them out and made them up for the event to get them that day um the the one that they gave out there is called You the Magic Playtester, and it's actually a legendary that is Wooberg, but you choose a playtest card and you can increase or decrease a number of it as long as it remains on the stack or the battlefield. But it has Wooberg reveal the top eight cards of your library, put each playtest from them into your hand. It's like they're making a legend that cares about playtest cards, right? Like people are going to play with these. Yeah. I mean, I am. <laughs> like, as long as my <laughs> opponents let me, right? Like, yeah. I, I just, I like, I really wanted to do this episode because I think that having, these are the things that I think make the Magic Con, like we talked about a little bit last week, like what makes them kind of like, in some ways, worthwhile to somebody like me. Um, Things that you can only kind of experience, at least in this way, there right like that's why they should be using this money to raise like these are perfect to have for charity events oh yeah, yeah. the charity event part of that too is 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 nice because like they're going to be signed up for you're going to make sure that you're raising the money but it's also like a cool thing to get to do and yeah and that like i said it, get, it gets to this evolution of the events where you have a critical mass of people in one space. You're like, we're all going to get together and play magic here. And if you get enough people, they can start to do things that aren't really repeatable on mass that aren't really doable everywhere. But it's like, we get enough people in this one building. We can do some of these things. So, yeah, I, I think for me, this is just kind of that fun. I, 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 I'm interested to see these. I am trying to get as many as I a- a- am able to pick up reasonably because I want to see kind of how they play. I, I'm interested yeah. in slotting them in. Like I put the welcome to Minneapolis. It's a five mana enchantment, but I threw it into my clone deck. Um, there's a red white uh, that, that, that cares about, you could choose. It's got like four abilities and it's like you choose two when it comes into play that have to do with equipment that I put into Sir Gwyn. Um, yeah, if people have a problem, great, I'll take them out. But God, I really love these. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's it's a cool thing. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we, we talked about it. It's something I wouldn't have thought about because, I mean, I haven't gotten to do some of these events. So I haven't gotten the the most recent ones at the Gavin event that I, I it feels like went further than what they did in the, the, the play test cards and the mystery boosters, which is kind of a thing. You test yeah. the water and then you go a little bit further when you see this is cool. And especially there where they found a more niche place to put it. They're like, we're doing these big events. That's part of what makes it these cool events where you, you're going to show up and you don't know what you're doing. This isn't going to just be throw a few booster packs at you and do a you know a mystery booster draft. Which, right. Or a chaos draft where it's just various types of packs, which can be fun. But it's like you can do that easily. This is something that can only be done at these events. What you now know to expect probably that you're going to be playing with cards you've never seen. Mm-hmm. That no before. one has seen before. <laughs> that nobody has seen before. Right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and not just in a old school pre-release style. It's like These are cards that are not part of the normal magic. They yeah. existed this event for this event. But I really do like that tie into even old magic, which is this question of like, is this, you know, like how is this being used for templating and mm-hmm. testing grounds yeah. and, and, and trying out things? And in a lot of these cards too, you've, a lot of these cards are very playable. Like there's not very many of these that aren't. You got, you know, goofy things, but especially, especially the ones at the event. Like I just happened to scroll past one with death where it's a black mana for an instant that just says you lose the game. You can play that. That works in the rules. You just why would you play that um you can you can literally 
quit the game at any you can scoop at any point it's faster than an instant and costs zero mana but there are cards that do all these goofy things that you've been talking about but they temp but but they can put in the in the the rules box here's how the card works and you just understand it yep even if it doesn't fit in the greater framework of the rules which it may or may not i'm not a expert in the you know the full comprehensive rules of magic i'm guessing some of these don't fit in that but they don't have to i also love the fact that that has once again it mm-hmm. has rulings like in in gatherer one with death like i love whoever gets to do these because it's <laughs> like it says yes you lose the game yes seriously one with death has no target so a spell or ability that changes the target can't be used to have another little player lose the game <laughs> but going back to my hive mind example there's ways to force people to have to like that's the whole deck behind hive mind is with packs right you force that and their copy will resolve first yeah, so that, that goes back to some of the other ones that don't seem to have an effect on their own, but actually you can build around it. So, yeah, that's 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 all I have. That's a cool yeah. thing. Yeah, these are really fun, and I hope to see more in the future. So, Gavin, keep, keep doing this. You, you have the Goblin Lore podcast behind you. To be fair, that's like an evergreen statement I think we could make about Gavin. Yeah, pretty much. And that's our show for today. You can find all of the hosts on Twitter for now. Hobbs can be found at HobbsQ. Tay can be found at Taya Transcends. And Alex can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. Feel free to send us any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to the Goblin Lore Pod on Twitter. Or email us at GoblinLorePodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, our link tree can be found on our Twitter account and in the description of today's show. This has everything from various discount codes to the link for our Patreon. The music for today's show was by Vintergotten, who can be found at Vintergotten at Bandcamp.com. The art was done by Stephen Raphael, who can be found at Steve Raffle on Twitter. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, goblins like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.